G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The story. I reflect on all you said, Mum. I am who I am today because you fought and you never gave up and you raised the fighter. I jumped in the ring with a life that would nearly destroy me, but your love won me over. I love you, my amazing mother. I'm very grateful for you. And P.S., you are still spunky as. <laughs> <laughs> G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to hear from a mother's perspective. Recently, Joseph Biro shared his story of being an up-and-coming rock star and then losing everything due to an addiction. Today, his mother Lizzie will share her side of the story and just what it was like for her in the midst of her son's addiction and radical behaviour. And parents, we just want to warn you that due to the adult themes in today's program, it is not recommended for young listeners. Well, with us once again is Joseph Byro. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Eric. Okay, Joseph, you used to be the lead singer of a Melbourne hard rock band called Super Heist, so you were on your way to rock and roll stardom. Unfortunately, you got into drug addiction, but then you put your faith in the Lord after going through drug rehab and are now helping people. You're teaching the Bible and helping people recover. Is that right? That's right, yes. And last time you introduced us to your new wife, Nicole. That's right, my beautiful wife. That's right. Welcome back to the program, Nicole. (laughs) Hey, Eric. How are you? And right now, Nicole is holding the hand of somebody new that we want to introduce to today. Nicole, whose hand are you holding there? My beautiful mother-in-law. Lizzie Byro, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And Nicole, why are you holding her hand? Ah, she's my friend. She's my my beautiful mother-in-law and um, the mother of my husband, so... And of yeah. course, last time we heard your story, another story of drug addiction and yeah. going to your lowest point, but mm-hmm. then crying out to the Lord for help. Yes. And then you came to the Lord, you're married to this guy over here, yeah. Joseph. And uh, today we're going to talk to Joseph's mother. Yeah. But first, tell us, what does Lizzie mean to you? I mean, obviously, you're holding each other's hands. Mm. You're there to give her support because yeah. she's a little bit nervous to share her story, but yeah. uh, you're there to give her moral support. And what has she meant to you in your life? Um, well, she's been someone that I can turn to and talk to and, and um, be honest with. And um, she's really helped me understand her son <laughs> at times, <laughs> well, I that, guess. That, that might be a full-time job in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sorry, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 100%. Um, she's, a, she's a good friend of mine. And Lizzie, do you remember the first time you met Nicole? Oh, boy, do I remember. Um, first time I met Nicole was at Rima. At the church? At the church, and Nicole had her arm in a sling, and I was looking at her, and I thought, she's so pretty, but she had this pain within her face. Because that was at her at her lowest point. That's mm. correct. Yeah. Um, that I learnt later on. And then a few months later, down the track, Joseph, my son, had come home from Rima, and he was sitting on the veranda and he said, Mum, I have a friend that I'd like to bring over today. Is that okay with you? And I said, yes, fine. And then I discovered it was a young lady and I didn't know it was Nicole. And Nicole walks into the veranda. I'm sitting there with Joseph and my friend and I see her and I burst into tears because she just looks so good. 
And my friend told me that I was being a sook. Why are you <laughs> sooking? Because <laughs> I can get very emotional. And from there on end, Nicole and I have become close. Mm. Yeah. I love her wow. like a daughter. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Um, she is now my daughter, yeah. mm-hmm. not my daughter-in-law, because mm-hmm. I think daughter-in-law is Formal. not as yeah. – it's, it's not as meaningful to me yeah. as a daughter. And mm. I take Nicole as my daughter and I'm blessed to say that I now have – another daughter mm-hmm. and another grandchild which is max mm. so our family's grown mm, that's beautiful yeah. yeah i was going to ask you why did you burst into tears when you saw nicole because i had seen something grow her face was bright um she looked like she had life in her she was like radiant she had a glow about her so to me that was something special because as a mum i'd seen my son in that situation and I knew how he looked at his lowest point at his lowest point Mm -hmm. and then as he was progressing you could see you know um the light returned to him the light returned to their face and the joy come Mm -hmm. back in and and you know to me that that's beautiful because oh yeah yeah that's what you want for all your children exactly yes and I could see that it would lead to more and I was hoping in my heart that it would be Nicole she reminded me Correct me if I'm wrong, but as a mother, you wanted somebody special for your son, for your boy. Don't we all? But I think I think God has put them together, and I truly in my heart do believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, where they met, how they met, yeah. the experience that they've had together, and they're strong. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they're out there helping others who mm-hmm. have been in their situation, and they've got pure hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe this was God's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Nicole, you just keep on holding her hand because she's doing fantastic. <laughs> so don't let go. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just wonderful how you're supporting each other. Mm-hmm. And you've had some low points in your life and have had the life and the light come back into your life as well. So we want to find out your story. Now, let's go all the way back. What's your background? Um, well, I'm Hungarian by birth. Mm-hmm. I come from a family, um, mother, father, and I have two brothers. Um, we came to Australia from Hungary with two suitcases mm-hmm. and How old were you? three children. I was five. I was born into a family of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, she was... Very strong in her faith? Very strong in her faith. Um, but, but what about you? Well, with us, yes, we had faith, but it was not, not great. So not a big part of your life? Not a big part of our life, no. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were young, we did go to church. But then after, as we got older, it was like when you had to... You know, Christmas, Easter, okay, things like that. Um, got married at a very young age, where I met Joseph's father at the age of twelve. Then I got married at sixteen. Oh wow, that um, young. very young. Um, I married for love, whatever you think love is at the age of sixteen. <laughs> um, I then had three children: Joey at nineteen, and then I have another son and a daughter. And unfortunately. Things didn't work out, so Joey was seven, and um, we broke up. I had actually left his father, and yeah, things weren't easy, but I did have my parents who were there to help me, Mm. which I was very grateful for. Joey, being the oldest, had more to do with his father and um, always wanted Dad to be around, but unfortunately, he wasn't. Um, Do you think that contributed to... Joseph's uh, getting in the drugs ball. Joseph, what do you... Yeah. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. It was a, a longing for, like, everyone who probably shares the same thing for acceptance, for love. Mm. Yeah. Longing for a love. 
Yeah. Kind of that, that father void in your life yeah. attributed to the emptiness that you had. Yeah. And hence the reason why we're here, because the father's love has triumphed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, we're get, we'll, we'll get to that. Mm. But so suddenly you're single, a single parent. And then uh, let's fast forward to when Joseph's life starts to spin out of control. Uh, Joey was born with a gift, and his gift was a beautiful voice from a very young age. He didn't really have any training or anything, and he wanted to sing. And as any mother does, you encourage your child, and you, you know you see the beauty in everything, and you hope that whatever their dreams are, they'll come true. So Joey was looking for a band where he could sing and he found one great then he found another and as a parent you try and monitor and see who your children's friends are mm-hmm. unfortunately you can't always be correct mm-hmm. um he had started smoking marijuana i mean it's the rock scene so on the one hand you must have been happy like hey he's doing what he loves and he's good at it so you're happy that way and i was supporting yeah, and i was yeah. trying to be there for him Every gig they had, every every rehearsal they had, but you don't see it. But behind it, the scenes, there's that kind of rock and roll lifestyle and the drugs and all that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as things progressed, um, you noticed a little bit more. But as a parent, you ask them and you see it and they deny it and you want to believe that what they're telling you is the truth. So from, I don't know, he would have been about... 16, 15 is when I was becoming aware that, yes, he probably is. Um, you mean uh, addicted to drugs? Using. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction, you don't want to believe that they're addicted. You don't mm-hmm. want to believe, mm-hmm. you want to have hope and faith that mm-hmm. it's not going to go any further. But it's not the case. Um, so he got worse and worse into drugs? Yes, very much so. Um, one time I remember he was out at a gig and I hadn't gone to it. And I had a, a horrible hallucination or dream or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And when he came home in the morning, he looked like a wreck. And he had actually said to me that he had taken a LSD or something under his tongue. And, you know, as a parent, <laughs> you blame yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, a thousand and one things were going through my mind. Am I the reason, you know, by leaving their dad? Is that my fault? Um, it's the blame game. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Lizzie Biro, the mother of former rock star Joseph Biro. Lizzie's sharing just what it was like having a son who was getting deeper and deeper into addiction and the party lifestyle. However, as we will hear, there is a happy ending. We'll find out about that when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with Eric Scadabo chatting with Lizzie Byro. She's the mother of Joseph Byro, who was heading towards rock and roll stardom when his life went off the rails due to drugs and a party lifestyle. Lizzie's been sharing just what it was like as a mother to see her son get ensnared in drug addiction and see his life spiral out of control. However, that's not how the story ends. Lizzie now shares more of her story. So you're a single parent, you're doing the best that you can, but when things go pear-shaped, your response was to kind of blame yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, As time went on from that band, he went on to the Super Heist band. The one that was very successful. and uh, Very successful and he'd gone away. And Joey became very different. Um, Joey started to get a little bit agitated, Not, not the Joey that I knew. And then down the track, things just got worse. And this is just breaking your heart. Of course. A close family and a loving family. And all of a sudden, you have what I call that missing link. You know, we had one missing. It wasn't whole anymore. It wasn't a unity. I sort of reached out for advice and help. But one time I was, because um, I had other issues as well. So I was seeing a psychologist and... Um, she had said to me, you know, oh, once, you know, your son's on stuff like that, you may as well forget it because it's not your son, it's your shell. Um, wow, so that didn't give a whole lot of hope. No, no hope at all. And Joey had sort of become a different person. Um, after he stopped with Super Heist, he got worse. Mm. Yeah, um, I understand if I remember back to Joseph's story that you had to put a restraining order on. I was actually at the police at that had put a restraining order against both of us, like seeing each other. We had an incident at home um, where Joey really got aggressive. Um, There was a patio heater and he picked it up and he was going to throw it at me and he didn't. And I got, I don't know, strength from somewhere to get out, walked out of the veranda and I rang the police. I just thought... I, there's nothing more I can do. I tried so much, and I rang the police. And Joey had come out with a knife in his hand, and I didn't know whether he was going to use it on us or if he was going to use it on himself. And um, the police had taken the call. They'd went looking for the car. Um, they'd come to the house, and the next day there was a court. Joey didn't attend. I attended, and they'd put a restraining order so I couldn't contact him and he couldn't contact us. So for two years I didn't know where he was. I didn't know how it was going. I didn't know if he was dead or alive. It just breaks your heart as a a parent, as a mother. Every knock on the door that you get, you don't know whether it's, you know, them telling you something bad or, Mm, you know, it was a nightmare. Not just for me but for his brother and his sister. And um, when I had seen him in between, because he did try and contact me and I was scared to contact him back, not knowing what was going to happen. So I was searching. I was asking people who knew him, have you seen him? You know, what's he doing? Um, Is he okay? And then I was hearing good things and I was hearing bad things. Um, Then at one time we did have contact. Um, I think it was over Christmas, if I remember correctly. And... You know, I was overjoyed because 
you know, Christmas is a special time, and there were so many yeah, special times yeah. that we'd missed. And um, Joey had come home, and we had Christmas together. And there were glimpses of him wanting to make a change and saying that he, he has. But but you had heard that before. Many times. Mm, yeah. And as a parent, you really want to hang on to that. You really want to believe. Mm-hmm. And they fool you once, they fool you twice, and they keep on fooling you. Um, but somewhere along the line, somewhere, I, I don't know, I got a little bit strong, and so I rang all those lifelines, helplines, whatever. No one had given me any hope at all. Everything they'd ever said to me was, you know, you're going to be going through this for the rest of your life, be careful, this, that, and the other thing. But there was one lady, and I'll never forget her. She had said to me, just tell him you love him, tell him you always have, you always will, but you don't support the choices he's making. And I used to say that every time I saw Joey or every time I spoke to him. And whatever worked... I, I don't know, because I don't know. I tried so many things. I don't know what did work. And from then on, Joey took steps into going into detox, which he did. He did his his stint. And then there, they were told him he had to find his own rehab. And this lady had said to him, there is one rehab that will take you in straight away, but it it's Christian. And that's exactly how she said it. And Joey, at this time... And said, I don't care what it is, I'll, I'll give it a bash. So he did, and he made phone calls, and he got the connections, and he had gone into rehab. And when was the first time that you personally started to see some glimmers of hope in, um, in his life? That he This time it was something different. It was something different, because he'd actually gone to take that step. Um, so we had picked him up and um, taken him to Rima, um, which is where the rehab was. And Joey could never be told what to do. Joey was the type of boy or man that if you disciplined him, he would run and he would disappear. Um, when he got to Rima, you know, Joey was the big rock star with his guitar and, you know, I'm the man. And... Yeah, yeah, we know that guy, yeah. They said, no guitar, no privileges, no this, no that. Yeah, I remember when he shared that, they told him no guitar for a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty tough. Mm. And no singing. Like, he... he, And he obeyed? Oh, he obeyed. So he knew something was different this time. That's right. But it was six months, after six months when... And he was still obeying. He was still obeying. And he was there, and he had been reprimanded, and he had dishwashing duties or whatever duties they had to do that when they did something wrong. So were you starting to get a little bit of hope in your heart? I actually did. And I remember telling Joey we'd gone out for a cup of coffee and there was this massive rainbow and we were coming back, remember, and we were going to take a photo of it. And I remember telling Joey how happy I was and how I actually can say, I'm trusting you. I trust you and that was such a massive thing because I can't even count the years Mm. where I couldn't say that and for you personally did you have a faith in the Lord I mean a deep faith Um, I started I had lost faith through the years um, Mm -hmm. with Joey with my parents were both sick um, 
I had an injury, so I was not well. Um, family issues mm. with my brothers after my parents had passed away and still Joey. So I had a lot and I lost faith. I, mm. I thought, God, why are you doing this? Why are you giving me so much? I can't handle, you know, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I felt like I wasn't going to make it. My whole body was shaking. Um, I couldn't remember things. I'd leave the house without keys. Um, I couldn't handle couldn't handle much at all, and I thought I was going to break. Um, after Joey had gone to Rima and changed his way and wanted the right things in life again, found God, mm-hmm. um, I myself started to get better. Um, we have a relationship with his father now mm-hmm. and his new wife. We've reconnected, you know, we share Christmas together, mm-hmm. Easter together. So relationships mm-hmm. have been healed? Relationships have been healed. And you mentioned that you started to go to church yourself? Yes, yes I have. You put and your I faith pray in the Lord? every night, I thank God every night, I trust in him, I've seen what he's done. If a parent can't do anything for her child and you've tried everything in your power and God can, mm-hmm. why not trust in him? You Amen. have to have faith. Amen. Mm. And so, he's done things that I could never do. Well, that's, that's just wonderful. So fast forwarding, Joseph had put his faith in the Lord. Joseph, you went through the drug rehab. And then not only did you go through that, but you began to be a leader and a Bible teacher. What did you think, Lizzie, when you heard that? That he's not just, you know clean, but he's actually leading and helping other people. Oh, I was amazed. And Joey, in one sense, is walking the same line as my mum, but in tenfold. Because mm-hmm. um, your mum had a good, strong faith. Mum had a, a massive faith. You know, she always believed and mm-hmm. she was always a giver and always tried to help. That was that was her. Hers, mm-hmm. Her life was family and helping so yeah, that just must have filled up your heart oh, as a mother to see him definitely. going from strength to strength. Yes. And now he and Nicole are involved in ministry and helping other people. Yes. Warms your heart? Warms my heart. Okay, we have something that might warm your heart just a little bit more. We've asked Joseph to uh, read to you something that he wrote to you. But before we get to that, Joseph, you're sitting here, you're listening to your mom tell the story. What's kind of going through your mind as you're hearing all of that? Um, God is the God of miracles Because I mean it was pretty bleak there (laughs) Yeah Um, Just to see the healing that's come You know from this time I can really feel the healing come over my mum And it's massive for me Um, It's just a a time of remembrance Every time And just as I said God is the God of miracles And I sit here knowing that With all my heart you know. And yeah I'm very grateful Eric You know more grateful. She now. never gave up. She never gave up. No. And to encourage mum, you mum, um, the Lord has been working through you your whole life, you know, and you're a testimony to his great power, the power of his love. And the, the Lord says he'll never leave you or forsake you, you know, and he, and he doesn't and he never will. And you've been that to me, you know. You had to let, let go, but you never left, you know. And, um, <laughs> yeah. In order for you to let go, the Lord had to pick me up. But he's the glue, you know. He's the glue, and when he's the glue and the center, 
it'll bring it back together, but it'll bring it back together so much stronger. And I want to read this that I wrote to you because it's a, it's a confession. And it says, I reflect on all you said, mum. And you were right about my mates. They were bad for me. <laughs> I am who I am today because you fought and you never gave up and you raised the fighter. I jumped in the ring with a life that would nearly destroy me, but your love won me over. Love isn't always easy, but the risk, it worked. I love you, my amazing mother. I'm very grateful for you. You are the bomb. And if those who don't understand what that means, that means you are completely awesome. And P.S., you are still spunky as. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's not a dry eye in the studio. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. And Lizzie, do you remember when Joseph posted that on Facebook? Did you read it? Yes, I did. And I had a friend that was sitting with me on the veranda and, and I read it and I was in tears crying. And she said, oh, what's Joey done now? Oh. And I said, I'll read it to you. And I read it to her. And she goes, wow, you actually have to feel so proud that your son is here because her son had suicided. Mm. He was Joey's age. So to mm. her, Joey is someone really close mm -hmm. because she... Yeah. Um, and she said, if I could only have that. Mm. She goes, you are so blessed to have a son that acknowledges all the work that you've done for him and you still have him to hold and to cuddle. So... Yeah, my emotions got even stronger and I cried even more, so there you go. Another box of tissues. <laughs> All to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Eric. Nicole Byro, thank you so much for thank holding you. Lizzie's hand throughout the whole interview. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Thanks for being with us once again. And Joseph, thank you for inviting your mother and your wife to share with us. Mm. I praise God. Thanks, yeah. brother. Well, what a powerful story of lives being reunited and healed. Not a dry eye in the studio as Joseph read that note to his mother. Such a fantastic story of how a seemingly hopeless situation turned around when Joseph called out to the Lord in the midst of his despair in drug rehab. And then slowly his family relationships were healed as well. Definitely a story of hope for anyone listening who may have a loved one struggling with an addiction. I love what Joseph said to his mother, you had to let go, but you never left. Also, the advice Lizzie was given was very profound as well. They told her, just tell him you love him. Tell him you always have, you always will, but you don't support the choices he's making. Wise words of advice from anyone in her situation. Well, thanks for joining us for Lizzie sharing her story from a mother's perspective. Next time, we'll hear from another family member, Joseph's sister, Annie. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Most of my relationships have been quite long-term. Um, majority of those relationships, I found myself with a quite a controlling partner. I think I was searching for a male authority figure to come into my life and I thought in that controlling you know attitude that they had that that would be someone who would take care of me and and fill that void that I had but it definitely wasn't. Annie Byro was always attracted to strong men who would take control of things. That was 
until she found out they were taking control of her life. It wasn't until much later that she realised her desire for a father figure had led her into a series of destructive relationships. We'll hear how the Lord set her free next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.